Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of Did You Watch The Race? This week, we'll be reviewing the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Though, uh, I should reread the notes that I read, or wrote. This week, we'll be reviewing the first Las Vegas Grand Prix of the 21st century, with the official weekend theme being capitalist greed and cringing in European. <laughs> I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason and I've been watching F1 for 15 years. Quick announcement up top, our final live F1 watch party will be taking place this Sunday, the 26th of November for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix at 12.30pm in the Lighthouse Pub in Dunleary. We'll be hosting F1 Bingo where you can win amazing merch and a post-race quiz. So come down and celebrate the final race of the season with us. Yeah, we're almost there. 21 races done, one <laughs> Don't to go. Don't sound so jaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just after work. Yeah, 21, it does, yeah, 22 races this season. I suppose, yeah. it, well, depending on Imola, obviously, but yeah, it's been a long season. It's felt long. I don't know how you found it has, has uh, making the podcast made it seem longer or shorter for you. <laughs> it's made it seem longer, actually, but I feel like uh it has made me be more engaged yeah. because it's like i have to take something from each race because we need to talk about it so i feel like that's helped me like get a bit more into it get a new perspective really? on the sport yes yeah exactly yeah so after this episode we have obviously next week after abu dhabi and then we'll probably do one last episode just to kind of wrap up the season bookend it I suppose and then we'll hopefully see in 2024 back to this weekend did you watch the race I watched the first 20 minutes of it and then I fell asleep because it was at 6am in Ireland (laughs) it was actually at an amazing time here it was like 5 o'clock in the afternoon so I sat was out we went floating about for the day and then came back and had a beer and watched it very nice I'm happy for you because for a lot of races it's not going to be the case no so yeah, so I'm back to, I think, 4am for next week or... No, what time is it? I'd, no, actually, no, next week is midnight, so it's not the worst. Yeah, you just have to stay up. It was a good first 20 minutes, though, that I, like, <laughs> saw live. Um, I obviously watched it back. But it I, overall, thought it was pretty decent, considering it was due to be a shit show. Well, it was a shit show, but the actual race, I thought, was decent yeah i i enjoyed the race in spite of the event is how i would say it yes the the event was and that's all you can call it an event like it, it it's a the embodiment of where modern formula one is going and not necessarily in a good way like i can mm-hmm. see why they're trying this you know it, it makes sense but i think they're alienating more people than they are bringing in like when you look i suppose we could start kind of from even before free practice one the locals mm-hmm. hated this event. Like, I've read so much online and seen so much online of everyone just giving out stink about it. Then yeah. we obviously get to FP1. They didn't properly check the the manholes and science very nearly, literally lost his arse. So, yeah. Yeah. So they said that they had checked all of the manholes and it was all signed off by the FIA. But given that 10 minutes into the first session, I believe that was a bit of a... I don't think we even made it to 10 minutes, Jason. Oh, nine. oh Jesus. There, <laughs> there you go. Like, they were signed off. And what I imagine may have happened is that they haven't updated the kind of circuit sign-off protocol for the modern ground effect cars. So mm-hmm. they have so much more downforce coming from the floor. So therefore, 
they're much more aggressive on things like manhole covers etc like that the majority races so like the like of Baku everywhere they tend to weld them down for the event mm-hmm. Vegas wouldn't allow them to do that apparently so they were covered in a kind of concrete so some in between basically between welding and concrete and over them and that's what failed and come up into science's car like i don't know if you've because. seen ferrari's analysis of it afterwards they said there was damage to a seat like yeah terrifying <sighs> like absolutely terrifying yeah i could have gone so badly like all I'm thinking of is his seat, his poor arse, and then like the bottom of his spinal cord. Like, yeah, I I think they're the sport was incredibly fortunate that something worse didn't happen. You know, like that was three cars mm-hmm. in the space because it was him, Ocon, and somebody else had an issue. I can't remember. Some not yeah, I can't remember the third not person. not as bad with the third car. I feel it might have been Piastri. I can't anyway. Um, but, oh, it was, I think. I think it was. Yeah, the sport was just very, very fortunate and still had a lot of egg on their face, obviously, with fans getting kicked out and having to delay road, road reopenings, everything. It was just a nightmare. Like, they were doomed from the... Like, they were on the back foot. People were waiting for something to happen that they could, like, hook on to to prove that this was a shit show. Yeah. And, like, within 10 minutes, they had it. Yeah, but like that that's what I mean. And that it, it's just who is this event for? It well, no, sorry. It's for rich billionaires and Vegas hotel owners. Yeah. But <laughs> but outside yeah. that, who is this event for? The teams all hated it. The locals all hated it. Fans weren't all that pushed on it. Although I did see good enough reports from people who went to the race that said it was pretty well organized and there wasn't insane queues, etc. But it yeah. like insanely expensive for tickets, everything. I just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a driver event and it wasn't a fan event. Even I saw videos of uh, Quali where like stands weren't half full. Yeah. So it was like F1 tourism, but it was for fair weather fans, which is fine. But when you're basing a whole event on it, it's very frustrating. Mm. And again, when you're charging thousands for tickets, it's like, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a slap in the face for the rest of yeah. us who, you know, can't afford to go and to trek in the rain and walk hundreds of hundreds of kilometers, it seems, to go and see a glimpse of a car. And then they're just capitalizing and feeding into rich people's pockets just so they can make a bit of extra money. Yeah. I think, like, we have enough of these style races. The, the, the kind of Monaco, yeah. Miami, Baku, Singapore, Abu Dhabi are all trying to be that one elite race. In my head, you have Monaco yeah. and Singapore are the two glitz glam. These are proper motorsport events that have them mm-hmm. added on. The rest of them are just trying to cut and paste. Let's bring loads of rich people and celebrities and hope that the commoners like it. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. That's so true. I suppose that's enough. Give Morning. It yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the race itself was enjoyable, but... Stuff happened, especially for a street circuit. Yeah, I, like, yeah. Stuff happened. I think how I looked at it was the race, and this sounds kind of stupid, the race was very mm. fortunate that random stuff happened. As in, I think it could have been very, yeah. very dull if it wasn't for that first lap instant and for the Russell Verstappen instant. I think it could have been yeah. an absolute snooze fest outside of that. And, you know, this comes back to that kind of manufactured drama where we obviously have the issue of tyres being excessively cold coming into the 
the whole weekend. Mm. And that that is 100% what happened in that first turn. Like, so Alonso obviously spun out kind of on his own coming into it. He took an interesting route into the first turn. But yeah. him spinning out his own, like, how many mistakes does Alonso make like that? You know, that you can't yeah. put that down to him necessarily. It has to be a combination of factors. So, yeah, it just, it, it stunk of kind of manufactured drama. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of is borne out in the results as well, where you look at, like, Perez had a decent chance to win it by the end of it. And after the first turn, he was nowhere, you know? So, like, it was a yeah. random sequence of events. Pardon the pun, but it was a bit of a roll of the dice, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> Yeah, I, I enjoyed the race as uh, watching it. I didn't enjoy it as a fan of the sport, put it that way. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you, it was the passive watching that made it bearable. I am a sucker for manufactured drama. It's only when you, <laughs> like, I get so easily caught up in the hype. And then it's only when you say it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. That wasn't actually that interesting. But I like, I, I do get kind of caught up in the frenzy. I think I allow yeah. myself to. No, no, and, and because I'm... Because it's so boring otherwise. I'm very bad, obviously, for being the other side of that because of my perspective on the sport, everything like that. So yeah. I do try and see it from that side as well. Do you know what? We should make a podcast. That's a great concept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose kicking off with Ferrari, I think Ferrari were insanely unfortunate this weekend. They got their strategy quite right, I found, you know, in the yeah. race. So they're obviously Shock. unfortunate from the get-go with science being the the victim and mm-hmm. i think i understand why they made that claim against the fia and it wasn't their fault but it was never going to get overruled you know they were never going to get out and back for it it's it's absolutely yeah. terrible luck but that's what it is yeah and they, yeah they it was like technically they did have to replace parts so like once you start blurring the lines of that like I suppose yeah. it opens the door for other teams in the future to do it like I see it but also like oh fucking hell yeah now I'm sure they could probably like monetarily I think they should be given something but yeah that's the sporting mm. side of it but even in the race I think they bar Leclerc had one slow pit stop I think their strategy excluding the random safety cars that happened their strategy was really good Leclerc had amazing mm-hmm. pace throughout the race Science had good pace as well you know they, they had a really good car and they used it. Yeah, and I mean, who like Sainz finished in P6 coming from... After he was, P- again, one of the... He got caught up 12. in the first lap, so he was... Yes. Yeah, he, so he spun out and he clipped Lewis, I think. Yes. So... There was a I bit mean, of a... Yeah, he... I think they used the word kerfuffle. <laughs> there was him, Perez, Alonso and Hamilton. Not They weren't unnecessarily linked, but kind of were <laughs> the incidents yeah. and Bottas got included as well race. yeah oh yeah I had to rewatch the race start like four or five times just to like individually look at each person in that yeah. incident because so much happens in, in the space of two seconds yeah but yeah so Science sure. ran a good race it wasn't really a huge pile you know he, he got caught up kind of in that DRS train that everyone did but kind of mm. got moving through it I think Leclerc that's probably Leclerc's race this season for me he was fucking phenomenal outstanding yeah really good pace so unlucky with safety cars but even still kept going on like made that mistake that kind of let Perez buy him but that move mm-hmm. on the last lap was insane it was one of, one of the best pure dive bombs that didn't cause any damage I've seen yeah. in years yeah 
Oh, it was, yeah, it really was. He was leaving nothing on the track. Like he was any opportunity to take, he was taking it. And yeah, it was completely epitomized by the last turn where he just was like, fuck it. And it, it worked. Like it was unbelievable. Yeah, I think Perez just did not expect him at all. Uh, I think he got completely nut- no. nutmegged. Like he just yeah. rinsed him. So absolute. And like, I think he breaks something like eight, nine meters after him, like coming from that distance. Wow. It, it was just an insane, insane move and a very well just fight second place. I think he could have got the win, but look, Verstappen is Verstappen. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he did have a few scraps with him. Like he did challenge Verstappen. Like they did overtake at one or two points. So there was a little bit of that. And like at this point in this fucking season, anyone who can even <laughs> overtake Verstappen is like, Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Like, even if they get, like, overtaken again by him immediately, it's still like, oh, my God. Yeah. I suppose that brings us <laughs> so, on yeah, to Red Bull. It was mm-hmm. not exactly an off weekend by them, like, given they were 1-3, you know, but they weren't yeah. exactly fully at the races, if you will. But still. Yeah, Perez definitely wasn't. No. I, I don't know where Crofty was going saying, oh, was Perez holding back to let uh, Verstappen get into the DRS? And I was like, no, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, why would he? Yeah, he just didn't have the pace. He was running that slightly higher downforce because he doesn't have the confidence in the car that Verstappen does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he got left a bit of a sitting duck. And I think even still, he should have done better overall. Yeah, in it, that... it struck me that there was no fight or something in him no or I don't know like he just wasn't fully there like, he wasn't fully committed I don't know I suppose he only kind of got there by virtue of that safety car that just mm. would, could not have came at a more perfect time for him but yeah I uh, I don't know I don't think he's gone next year to be honest I've I've flip-flopped between this I, I think he'll be there next year but Do you reckon? Uh, yeah I think he will be um but I think that will be it then <laughs> really yeah, I th- I think because I mean, yeah, I would understand why he would be there, but like fuck me, I think he'll be there because they don't want to pay him off, and they are easily able to switch drivers between Alfatari and Red Bull if they really want to. So yeah, yeah, I think they're they're happy enough for the moment. Max was yeah, yeah, incredible again as he's been literally all season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got that five second penalty though for pushing Leclerc wide at the first corner. Yeah, I suppose actually I forgot about that. Yeah, I, that was yeah that was a horrible move. <laughs> yeah, it was. He literally threw himself off the the track as well yeah. to do that. It seemed a little bit unnecessary. Oh, he was nowhere near making that apex. And again, now down no. to probably the colder tires. Everyone, we have to give him kind of some bit of leeway on that. But even still, yeah, he was never getting anywhere near it and then was just like no that was a perfectly fine move so yeah that was a bit of what are you talking about it was a bit of classic max i suppose we saw there but yeah after that had tremendous pace in the car and then completely managed the gap once you get out in front of leclerc towards the end oh god yeah yeah so after that first safety car it was like boom goodbye good luck yeah the incident with him and russell what did you make that weird so his i mean like I actually thought maybe it was Max's fault at the start because it wasn't his line 
but then obviously Russell got a five second penalty and afterwards Russell had said that in explanation he was like look it's my fault he's he said I didn't see him but then he was also like I didn't expect anyone to overtake me at that corner so it was like I didn't really look or he was like weirdly like it was like a victim blame of like yeah. well I didn't think anyone would do that so <laughs> yeah. it's like okay like I mean it's racing it's in every part of the track and an overtake opportunity at some point like yeah it's a bit silly I, I thought much the same as that on the first like on the live watching of it it did seem like Max was kind of just being a bit bullyish again but then once mm. I like I think that was it I think just George just did not expect him to be there and turned in like he did not leave the space no and I think it was an interesting one as well there were, that was where Verstappen overtook Joel a few laps before that so I think it, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where in Verstappen's head he knew exactly what was happening and in George's head he knew exactly what he thought was happening but <laughs> they just were not aligned They're- so yeah, it, yeah, I think it was just, yeah, it, I don't think there's a huge pile to read into it. I think it was just very, very yeah. clumsy and stupid. I'm surprised it didn't do more damage uh, to Max's race because there was a good bit of debris from it. Yeah, and that was the weirdest thing about it as well, that George kept turning into him. Like, if he had expected him to be there and was trying to block him off, he would have kind of eased out of it. But he just turned yeah. straight into him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Bizarre. Yeah, George had good pace outside of that but yeah he did I think it's been a season to forget for George he yeah he hasn't been on it often enough and he's made too many like you know that mistake is all well and good at this point in the season when there's nothing really to fight for or whatever but it's a very worrying mistake if you're Mercedes looking in at that you know they have been in his wheelhouse this year to make that kind of faux pas Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think he needs to go and do a bit of work over the winter. But look, he's still only in his second season in a top car. So I think he will improve and I think he will learn from stuff like mm-hmm. that. So he'll just have to. <laughs> it's the... Yeah, and tech, just do it. Yeah. I mean, he is a number two driver. So I guess he, yeah, he does have a bit more leeway, as you said. Um, I mean, yeah, he finished P8 ahead of Lewis and P7. It was Mercedes like, fine I think they just weren't fucking on it either I think they were the Ferrari of the weekend in terms of strategy this weekend again they just seemed to be kind of lackadaisical in their strategy that didn't seem to be any Mm. definitive oh there's a safety car oh we're going to do this or you know it it was just yeah eh Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah. like Hamilton had good pace but Mm. still met like that that crash with him and Piastri was like that was just a, a pure racing okay. instant I think Hamilton was probably more at fault in it but I'd like mm-hmm. as in I'm talking 55 45 kind of percent not you know not a wholesale yeah. one way or the and other they both came out of it with punctures so yeah even score yeah like yeah it's just been it was, yeah it was a meh race for Mercedes I don't think they're expecting much but I can kind of see I, I think they might be a bit better in Abu Dhabi Based off the top line or the top speed that they had on that, I think they'll be a Mm -hmm. bit more optimistic going into that than they were into Vegas. But again, Vegas was such an unknown. Yeah, it really, really was. Uh, I mean, yeah, they'll 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 learn from whatever kind of shitey talk that Toto says or all team principals say, where they're like, "Oh, we'll learn from and take the off. Yeah. He asked you though. I was just gonna say, speaking speaking of which, yeah, fastest lap, good man. Yeah, now that was kind of. 
by virtue of being the last person to pit in a decent car. <laughs> but yeah, it was a very strange weekend for McLaren. Yeah, it's very ro- it was a roller coaster. Yeah, like out in Q1, just flat mm. out. And the Norris incident, I think, like, I, I, I don't think there's that much you can kind of... Was that the track as well? Or was that just him <sighs> clipping the, the wall? I didn't really No, it, it seemed to drop kind of in a weird undulation in the track or something like that. I don't know mm. what it was. It, it Like, it, it, the rears kicked out. It just seemed like a really weird instant. I don't know, like, like it, a fluke. yeah, exactly. As in, and I didn't see anyone else like even slightly moving like that throughout the weekend. So mm. I wonder if it was like maybe a weird like bit of deployment at the ERS or something like that. Like, that there was something random or a gust of wind, something like that. Just the car just mm-hmm. seemed to unsettle, and at three thirty, three forty kph, there's very little you can do to save it at that point. So yeah, yeah, I think as in it was a mistake, but it. It was more of an accident than a, than a mistake, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, exactly. It, it seemed like quite a big impact. He obviously took a while to get mm. out of the car. I think he was a bit winded and then he went off to hospital and is fine, luckily. But, I mean, it was quite dramatic. It was, yeah, because, again, I'd say, like, there was no expectation for any car to get dumped into the wall like that. And I'd say he was, like, he mm. wouldn't have had time to prepare or brace himself for it. So, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't be surprised that he was quite a bit winded after it but yeah like it, yeah. it was scary to see where the car ended up and like the wheels pointing in I was literally looking at it being like Jesus what's you know gonna happen and fair play that they got the radio message on straight away to say that he was okay because mm-hmm. the you know every, it's one of those instances where every second you're looking at it it's getting worse yeah. and worse and worse so it was nice to see yeah, straight away that he was onto the team and able to be but yeah, look. Yeah, even the way it was captured was a little bit scary because obviously it clipped one of like the camera, not clipped the camera, but it happened as one of the cameras were like panning to him. Yeah. And then it cut off to someone else. So obviously, it's the reaction time. But do you know when you're like, oh my God, they're not going immediately to this incident? Yeah. Like, like yeah, every second, as you said, counts even more so when you're not looking at the car. Because the longer yeah. you're not looking at the car, the worse it is. Yeah. Scary. Piastri, Piastri had good pace overall, but. Yeah, just that instant when Hamilton starting very far back. I think, yeah, that was. He had a great move early on in the race it, where he like dove to overtake like I think it was, three cars. Yeah, he overtook an Alpine in the first mm. turn. I can't remember if it was Gazi or Ocon. And yeah, absolutely mugged him. Yeah, he really like insane confidence in the car. And even I, yeah. you know, I, I was when he had the contact with Hamilton as well I was like that was a great presence of mind to just go straight into the pits because yeah you know like you look yeah. at Hamilton didn't and it ruined Hamilton's race so yeah well if we say ruined Hamilton's race he finished ahead of Piastri but <laughs> <laughs> yeah Piastri is P10 to his P8 but but, still. That, but this was at fault of McLaren so as in he made the elective decision to go straight into the pits because of it and then they put mediums on mm-hmm. for some reason even or no sorry they put hards on even though you had been on hards and yeah now look obviously mediums probably wouldn't have met at the end of the grand prix but i i would have assumed you take the you know take the run on them and hope for the best you're good like you're locking into everyone knows you have to pit again at least on mediums there's like oh is he doing a one stop is he not now obviously it happened two turns for the pit entrance so there is a bit of you know 
panic as it happens. Whatever tires is. <laughs> yeah, but like you would just assume that McLaren would have not put the same tires back. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that probably did screw his race then in, in hindsight. Yeah, that's because you look at like as in he was running P3 for a long time and I, I think I think he would have had a higher finishing position if he had put the mediums on and and managed the tire wear. But look, it's mm-hmm. what's the if ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Piastri would have been on the podium. God, I haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah. Not the not the podium bit, but the other. Yeah. Uh, um. Well, that really doesn't lead us onto a smooth segue. So. So I'm going to pick a team and say Alfie yeah. um, to move on to because obviously we touched on Ocon a little bit earlier where he obviously got fucked a bit with FP1 and then he got, um, he didn't actually get caught up in the end in that first turn, but he didn't have a great start. Obviously he was qualifying like P17 or something mm. and he ended up coming in P4 which yeah. is unbelievable like what the fuck the two Alpines were running in the top 10 beside each other for a long time now they said I think they, were, they said Gasly was nursing some sort of deployment issue I believe or was it a tyre issue uh, I okay. think it was a deployment issue but yeah they really strong pace from them like both drivers were, were on it and you know they've kind of been hit and miss all year so it was nice to see I suppose them get a a good run at it yeah, definitely. And like it was they created again a little bit of manufactured drama, but still a bit of drama <laughs> when they were scrapping, which I love because it is so like the girls are fighting again. <laughs> yeah. They fucking love uh, an inter team scrap. Yeah. I love to see it. It is like the most just bitchy thing you can do on track is just keep overtaking your <laughs> your teammates. I love that. But because they're, they're kind of caught in the middle ground between, you know, they don't have the week in, week out pace of Mercedes, Ferrari, even Aston Martin, mm-hmm. but they're leagues ahead of the rest of the teams below them. So they do just end up fighting each other all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are kind of the uh, one of the few that are matched at the same level in the same kind of car. Yeah. I, um, and obviously, I, sorry. I think they're a really strong driver pairing, to be honest. Like, I, I, that car obviously is just so hit and miss, but I, I really think they're. You know, if they were in a better car, I could see them really challenging the Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin trio kind of behind Red Bull. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me again. Oh, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could really see them challenging them because... I was just going to say that I think the thing about them is is that they have the right level of competitiveness within the team and I know that can go so tits up Mm. but I feel like actually it may work for them at the right amount where they are challenging each other and they want to beat each other while obviously not sabotaging the team but I think it probably does light a bit of a fire under their arse yeah I think and the age they both are at where they're kind of on the piss or get off the pot sort of phase it's good to have that kind of competition you know, and I think they will mature a bit next year. Look, the team has been a bit of a shit show this year overall in terms of management, everything, the CEO giving out about them. So I'd mm-hmm. be cautiously optimistic that, that they can get things together a bit more and really start challenging the, them ahead of them. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of kind of that region, Aston Martin, 
had a much stronger weekend than they've had in a while. Lance Stroll has been very good in the last, since Guitar, since his meltdown after qualifying and pushing his physio and that interview afterwards as well. He hasn't finished below P7. And that includes, so this weekend he was, this weekend he was what, starting 19th, I think. And And he came P5. P5 in the Austin, I was going to say in the US Grand Prix, but in the Austin Grand Prix, I suppose, started from the pit lane and ended P7. I think he was fifth in Brazil. Like he's, he's been really good in the last few races. So finally, maybe. And solid. Haven't heard a peep from him. No, exactly. Yeah. So that might have been a bit of a watershed moment where, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised even if Lawrence kind of discussed with him being like, are you doing this or are you not? You know, there's no... Mm. You know, and now in fairness, he's obviously one of the only drivers that has that kind of uh, yeah. free card. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've been very impressed with him in the last few races. So me too. Onwards and upwards for Lance. Yeah, look, I have a bit of a soft spot for Lance. I think. Um, yeah, as far as outrageously rich kids go, he doesn't strike me as the most irritating or something. Like. Alonso was kind of in that. In between, along with like Hamilton in that DRS tray and Hamilton signs, then Stroll obviously kind of at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Another weekend, I feel like Alonso could have finished ahead of Science, ahead of Stroll. You know, it was just the way the the way the cards fell for him. Ah. We need to do a count of how many gambling funds we've yes. done. You've done actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, he he. Got in, he qualified P10, I think. Oh, no, sorry, he qualified P8, it must have been. And then he he finished in P... Uh, what is it? He finished in P9. He finished in P9, yes, he did. Um, Sorry, I think I said earlier that someone else finished in P9, but he did. And yeah, obviously the the spin at the start, it, he literally just looked like he, he slid. Yeah. Like he was on ice. Um, So it's obviously... The, the tire and the track temperature was the issue there. Other than that, not a huge amount I have really written down for him. He was just chugging along, as you said, yeah. in that DRS train. And he, yeah, it was it was neither a good nor a bad race. It was just short of his potential. Yeah. I think then, out of the other teams, the only really noteworthy point really I would have is Boat Williams getting into Q3 and holding holding position well during the race i think they got slightly affected by the safety car but i don't think they had the pace to stick with the top 10 anyway ah jeez but no but it was nice to see sergeant getting another q3 under his belt that was love lovely uh, and you know i love logan sergeant and i was i was very very excited for him i mean p6 and p7 yeah for quali was unbelievable what are they doing yeah it's like every time that Logan's feet touch American soil, he like gets <laughs> yeah. like a recharge. <laughs> it's mad. And yeah, like obviously they they fell out of the points. I think they both did. But good enough for... Yeah, P16. Logan's in P16. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, they, they did well, I think, for Williams. Again, yeah. we've talked about how it's it's going to be an exciting couple of years I think now for them you can see they're slowly on the rebuilds like you can see the vision that James Vowles has yeah um and even though like in this race they had no momentum and they haven't really like you can see the the, the cogs turning in the background and I think that's really cool to see and exciting to quote White Goodman there's a good energy in the gym 
There is, there is. I had, so in terms of the the, the lower down teams, I wanted to briefly talk about uh, Alpha Tauri because obviously like we usually don't have anything to say about them and we don't massively either today <laughs> but I was like I suppose like Ricardo P14 whatever um I'm still jury's out for me on whether it's a good move whether he has he's sh- not showing his potential we all know he has bags potential but whether he can like you and I know and I know that like the car is a shit box but like I just I haven't seen the shining star that is Daniel Ricardo. I think personally, yeah, it's hard sometimes with him to see the wood from the trees. Where, yeah, you know, him coming in immediately brought more attention to the team, which is part of their intention mm-hmm. anyway. But that put that by putting more attention on them, it got kind of more noteworthy when they did anything except like over what was expected of them. So yeah. I think Ricardo and a lot of the the Tower engineers have said this that Ricardo has brought just a different perspective on the development of the car, and that he's really mm-hmm. helped them push on. And you've seen that as in okay. they have more points since Ricardo's joined since they, than they had a lot, you know, before that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I agree with you that there's there's too much kind of smoke to see a clear picture of how good he actually is driving in that, how much he's helping that car, mm. and you know. Yeah, how how the team is fitting around them. I think yeah, next year will be very interesting. It's yeah, I'm I'm reluctant to talk about next year because obviously we have one race left. So yeah, but yeah, yeah I I kind of I, I agree with you that yeah, the the jury is out to a degree. I think. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm. We'll hold off. And in terms of his teammate, terrible fucking weekend yeah. for Yuki. He was out in Q1. He threw a stroll on it. He had a bit of a strop when he got out. Of, well, sorry, even before he got out of the car, he threw his like neck support out. And yeah. that. the old Yuki, I think, kind of got the better of him. Then he DNF'd. I didn't see the DNF. He um, had a failure, did he not? I thought. Yeah, I I mean I didn't see like any kind of like it was like a brake failure. So yeah, I'm not 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 100% either, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking terrible weekend for him, so he'd probably like to forget that sooner rather than later. Yeah, but Yuki is having too many these weekends though. I think mm. like, I he's very very fortunate I think that you had DeVries by him at the start of the year and the kind of the whole charade around Ricardo returning that it's kind of taken the attention away from him I think yeah he's been very good on some weekends but I think his bad weekends are stacking up more than his good ones I think Liam Lawson coming in was probably the worst possible thing for yeah him. yeah <laughs> I get the feeling so like he re- Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say like he really had his arse handed to yeah him. I get the feeling there's obviously the rumours of Honda coming back with mm. Aston Martin and Yuki would be the number one driver that Honda would want to get in there. Yeah. So I think he kind of has that in the back of his mind. I think he knows his days are numbered in Red Bull because he hasn't shown enough to be promoted. Realistically, you know, mm. I, I I wasn't sure at the start of this year. I thought he might kind of step up, but I don't think he's shown enough to, to get that second seat in Red Bull. So... Mm-hmm. they're not going to keep him around enough to any longer than they need to. So I think, yeah, I think he is yeah. kind of partially checked out in my head. But yeah, we'll have to sort of wait and see. Exactly. 
And then the other DNF that we have from this race is Hulk. Again, I think that was just... That was a failure down the end of the the straight along the strip. He got the car well out of the way, yeah. Um, I... Again, not one hundred percent sure. I think I don't. I don't think he lost drive, but there was some sort of issue at the rear of the car. Okay, okay. And Magnuson, don't even have any notes for Magnuson. He finished in. Magnuson finished P thirteen. Yeah, P thirteen. Had a decent race. Was running pretty high up. Obviously, from the get go, he was in mm. Q three. Like so, started well and it's similar yes, to the Williams. You know, ran well, but they just don't have the pace in the car. Like when you look at the top ten, you know it's. It's insane to look at, say, two Mercedes and Alonso, whatever, down P789 on pure pace, pretty much, you know. Mm. There's so much competition to get points, and which is great. But it's just a shame that Red Bull are are who they are. Yeah, it would be more interesting if they they struggled a bit more. But sure luck, sure lesson. That's the running theme of, of this season. Exactly. Other than that, I mean, our final team, I think that we haven't touched on is um, Alpha Romeo. Who? And I don't have any notes as we usually do. <laughs> yeah. Bottas said, so, like, literally, when are we going to have some fucking notes? Like Joe uh, was P15 and Bottas was P17. So basically last, he said in post-race interviews that he had an issue with his diffuser he said it was in pieces so he was obviously managing some kind of damage yeah um but like i mean it's not out of character this season for yeah. him to be down the bottom anyway so yeah look i think what does it mean there's a couple of teams like that i think you could, you could put alpha romeo and Haas into the same boat where they're kind of just waiting for 2025 at this point and they're kind of waiting. Yeah. They, they know that the teams are worth insane amounts of money. When you look at the mm-hmm. hoops that Andretti are trying to jump through to get onto the grid, they're just waiting for somebody to come in and buy it out, is is my opinion. You know, neither Alfa Romeo nor Haas have shown any real development over the last five years. It, it, mm. Quite the opposite, I would say, in fact. And yeah. There doesn't seem to be any signs, like we're seeing at Williams, like we're seeing at, you know, even Alfa Tauri are kind of rearranging, doing stuff. There just doesn't seem to be any want to be anything other than teams nine and ten, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, they, maybe they are just waiting for someone to come along and invest and buy. And Yeah, look, I think... It's, it's. I mean, fine. It's boring for fans because obviously there's nothing to talk they're, about. They're, yeah, they're holding up effectively four places on the grid and not doing anything with them. Um, mm. And you're looking at Andretti who are you know, doing everything they can to get into the sport and yeah. you have literally ass looking across the way at them, be like, hey, you wanna come in here, do you? So yeah, like it's yeah, it's annoying. And again, I suppose this weekend is a good weekend to talk about it. It's where capitalism capitalism meets sport and Yeah. Yeah. They and it's the long game that is F1 sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful that Andretti will get in because I think that they are running out of excuses to say no to them. The FIA have said yes. So there is, it mm-hmm. is in theory, so, so the FIA can say yes and they can enter races. FOM can say no and they won't show any coverage of them. So there is an, a plausible theory that they will arrive to the first race in next year slash 2025 and 
Mm -hmm. FOM can do nothing about it. Obviously, they won't do that because of money. But yeah, yeah, I I I think the political pressure should is really mounting up on them to just let them in because yeah yeah they need to they're they're a team with actual motorsport heritage cadillac is backing them to come in as well they've said they're going to make engines for them mm-hmm. you know it in every way it's an america a purebred american team kind of sport i liberty are screaming out trying to get american audiences but yet they're at the back of it trying to keep andretti so out of it true. so yeah i think if andretti get in we'll probably see one of, well we're already seeing obviously alfa romeo changing into audi but i think at that point, Haas will probably cease to exist again. Or, you know, that the, there'll mm-hmm. be a bit of change about it because the investment will be worth less money. So, yeah. Yeah. It's more of a... Yeah, it'll be... I don't know. It's money. Yeah. Tis money. Shock. <laughs> I think that's kind of it. So we're back in Vegas for the next nine seasons, so... Fuck me, right? Well, at least it'll be something to bitch about. The memes, Twitter, F1 Twitter, my God, <laughs> was giving. Like, I actually couldn't get off Twitter because every every tweet I was seeing was gold. It was so fucking yeah. funny. So I do enjoy the meme ability of it. Yeah. It was so, so good. I mean... Oh, yeah, you got to have a bit of balance across the season. Speaking of across the season, where are we going to rank it? Ooh, okay, so race rankings. Let's have a little look. I would put it Midland. Yeah, I think... I would put it above Miami. No, sorry, would I put it above Miami? I actually quite liked Miami. Maybe above... I think... Oh, God, I really don't know. To be honest, I, I would put it in that kind of Monaco, Miami region of... Would you put it up that high? Yeah, like, the quality of races hasn't been amazing this year. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. I'd put it above Silverstone. Yeah, I, I'd be happy with that. So in seventh position. So yeah. we're still, look, I don't think Singapore will be knocked off the top spot at this stage. No, definitely not. I am forever annoyed that I actually missed it. So, so you're doing it there. Uh, oh yeah, you can fire away. So we're sticking it in between Monaco and Silverstone in seventh place. So the top five, just for a quick rundown, is Singapore, Austria, Spain, Japan, and Zandvoort. I'm already, like, after Zandvoort, I'm struggling to remember anything that happened in the the races after that. (laughs) Yeah, same. Like, the the bottom are just like, I I don't know what happened there. I mean, yeah, after... Brazil. I I think it's an injustice to have Imola in last place when Bahrain, Baku and Jeddah were (laughs) as bad as they were. Like actually enjoyed the race even more than Bahrain even though it was cancelled. It was a bit of drama like you'd say. Uh, Yeah. Well speaking of which we're back in the Middle East uh, this weekend. How are we excited? I always feel like Abu Dhabi is fucking boring. Yeah, it's not the best tracks. I think I I think we might see a non-Red Bull win. Oh, that's a big prediction. Yeah, I think okay. I'm getting awful pangs of kind of 2014 to 2016 Mercedes where the season is over and they just kind of eased off the throttle towards the end and it seems like everyone's catching up. Like as in we've said about Ferrari, mm. Mercedes have kind of you know, shown flashes here and there and... I think, you know, they might let it get that bit closer this weekend as well and then come out next year and have another second and a half on the team. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah yeah it's like yeah it's a pity win it's a token yeah win. yeah so but we'll have to wait and see there's not even a huge pile to fight for in the championship i i suppose actually second of the constructors is probably the most interesting thing mercedes are four points ahead of ferrari interesting they were four points ahead of ferrari after bahrain so they've been pretty much dead heat with each other it's funny though like i there's been very few race weekends where i feel like i've seen mercedes and ferraris fighting directly i feel like they all i think we said this Mm. earlier that they always seem to flip-flop between each other where one of them is strong on a track and the other one isn't yeah like it, that's weird isn't it they can they can never like align on yeah. the same race to be competitive with each other yeah so very strange that's kind of all and i mean mclaren and aston martin are also there's 11 points between them this weekend has leveled the playing field a little yeah bit. so that's something else i could yeah you never know i feel like mclaren probably do have it in the bag but yeah i think outside of another catastrophic weekend like this but yeah, we'll have mm. to wait and see. The drivers' championship obviously sewn up top three are guaranteed, and nobody cares yeah. after second anyway. So <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, I mean, that's more of the reason why you should come to the watch party in <laughs> this Sunday because it's going to be a potentially boring race. And what's better than watching a potentially boring race? with all your friends, with drink and food and a quiz and bingo. So we'll spice it up. Yeah, it's also better than going to the race in Abu Dhabi because you can drink in the lighthouse. Yeah, exactly. It's a win-win. That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Thursday with the final review of the year after Abu Dhabi. If you'd like to see us live, as you said, we're in the flesh. Well, I will be anyway. Then make sure to head over to the Lighthouse in Dunleary this Sunday. You can book your table on the Lighthouse Pub website. There's also a link in our bio on Instagram. We'll be having a quiz and we'll have some amazing prizes, including a €250 carting voucher. So make sure you come and see us then. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It really helps us if you leave us a review and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out Cody Illustrations, who do all our lovely artwork. So thanks for listening. I've been Jason. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>